Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hello guys. How are you doing? Welcome back to What's Up Doc Podcast. We are the documentary review podcast. You know this by now. And I am your host, Gemma Delaney. Guys, we are coming from the beautiful, sunny southeast of Ireland, County Wexford, um, telling you, as usual, what is up. What is up with the latest true crime documentaries? As always, guys, you can find us on what? On social media, of course. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter as well. We are What's Up Doc Podcast. Um, And look, as I always, always say, if you want to show your appreciation, you can rate and review us. You know how to do it. Um, Also, brand new, a little bit exciting, we've set up a brand new Patreon account. So look, for those of you who aren't familiar with the system, uh, the system, sister, um, Patreon is a way of showing that you care because for most of us podcasters, what we do is completely free of charge uh, and we don't make a bob from it. And look, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that already. Um, so it's just a way of showing your support, pledging a little bit of money, There's different tiers, guys. Uh, There's everything from, you know, getting a shout out on social media all the way up to our top level tier, which actually allows you to uh, pick uh, the the topic of our next podcast and be uh, cited as a producer on said episode as well. So um, a little bit, a little bit of exciting news there. Um, Back to the matter at hand, though. Uh, Like I said, it is our job to tell you what is up with the latest true crime documentaries and tonight is no fucking different. That's exactly what we're doing. So tonight's documentary, we're talking all about the brand new Netflix documentary, Fear City. Uh, Fear City is directed by Sam Hobkinson um, and... Look, in terms of the purpose of this documentary, it's all about the glory days of the American mafia. You know, the 1970s, the 1980s. And it's also the story of how the FBI were finally able to destroy that empire. Um, In a recent interview, uh, director Sam Hobkinson said, most mafia stories are told from the perspective of the mobsters. I think he's right. Um, And we wanted to tell our story from the perspective of law enforcement. It's a spy thriller as much 
as it is a mob series and I absolutely agree with him on this one. It really, really does feel like a spy thriller. Um, I didn't have a lot of knowledge of the subject. I mean, of the subject at large. Yes, I know what the mafia are. I know what the FBI are. And I know obviously one pulled down the other. But I mean, in terms of, you know, a synopsis for this, this particular documentary, I didn't. Um, and look, I'm a massive fan of all things mob and mafia related. Fucking love the Goodfellas. I've watched it like five million times, and the Godfather as well. Um, so like obviously I would have had a certain amount of knowledge on you know how the the mafia was dismantled. Um, finally, but yeah, of this particular documentary, not so much. Um, so look, I didn't really know what to expect, obviously, but I do love a good mobster film. Um, and you know just seeing the ins and outs of, of how the whole operation was shut down and taken apart. So, New York was long known as Fun City. This is kind of how the documentary starts off. Um, but became known as Fear City in the 70s and the 80s as the mafia just ran fucking loose. Like, they, who, who run New York? Mafia. They just absolutely had the lay of the land. Uh, the city was run by the five big Italian mob families. So there was the Genovese, the Lucchesi, Colombo, Bonanno and the Gambino clan. So they're the five big hitters. They made big money and they lived fucking big, lavish, excessive lifestyles with, you know, mansions, fast cars, drugs coming out of their eyeballs, literally, and any woman they wanted, and they wanted. They had many, many, many women. Uh, they had their wives, obviously, and then they had their mistresses as well. So real, like, if you've seen Goodfellas, that real kind of lifestyle. Um, the law enforcement and FBI just really struggled to bring them to justice or hold them accountable in any tangible way. And you will see why. They're very clever. The bosses were untraceable. So the bosses of these massive mafia families were clever enough not to be tied to them. Um, so they're untraceable. They had beneath them another kind of, you know, next to them, next in line. Then they had under them captains, under them soldiers. So they had hundreds of foot soldiers under them to do the dirty work. So nothing could ever be traced back to the bosses, the dons. Um, so when the when law enforcement or the FBI had some success, really all they were doing was catching one of the foot soldiers. So right, they might find one of the guys uh, operating, you know, drug dealing or whatever, or prostitution or whatever, but it would only be a foot soldier. So they arrest him. He gets thrown in jail for, you know, a year, two, whatever. Um, but the system continued on. Like, that made no fucking difference. That was a barely a blip on the radar of the dawn because there were hundreds of other foot soldiers ready to step in and replace him. Um, the other issue that the FBI had was that 
they didn't really know what it was the mafia were doing to make their money. So there's this lovely scene in the first episode where they're talking to one of uh, the mobsters and he's like, they, they would quite often run legitimate businesses and they are running them, but it's a front to the, the big books behind the scene, whatever uh, illegal trade they're running in. So he was saying how like um, he started this thing of selling um, petrol, gas, uh, but but they weren't paying VAT or tax on it. So they were able to undercut every other supplier. Therefore, everybody wanted their gas or petrol. Um, but like the law enforcement and the FBI, they they didn't know what they were doing. They just knew that they were making big money. So they walk into his car dealership one day and they're like, hey, look, come on, we're all friends here. Just tell us what you're doing. We'll cut you a deal. You know, you won't do any time. You'll be state witness or whatever. And he's like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, do you want a, do you want a car? I'll give you a good, a good price on a car, all right. But hey, everything I do is legitimate. So they were literally so fucking desperate to try and capture the, the mobsters because they didn't know what they were doing that they were hoping that just going in and asking them like do you know they were just they were chasing their tails god love them like they just didn't have the manpower or the know-how um to to infiltrate them so they they had no idea how they were making their money uh, and like i said they would quite often hide behind the facade of a legitimate company um and then you know Mafia members take a blood oath. So no one was fucking talking at all. Um, so look, the other thing that this documentary brings to the forefront as well is that none of the police stations were operating together. So they're all in different jurisdictions around the city and none of them were running together. They were all running their own individual little cases. Um, so as one of the FBI agent puts it, they were fighting or trying to fight organised crime with no organisation at all themselves. Um, so look, the city of New York, it was just held in the grip of the mafia and the poor FBI, and you won't hear me saying that too often, but the poor FBI had no idea what to do. So the Department of Justice go, right, lads, what the fuck are we going to do? They decide to hold a meeting to try and hatch a plan. So they're going to bring the best of the best together from all across the jurisdiction, the brightest minds, the experts on the mafia uh, and on the law and see what is it that we can do, if anything. Surely, if we put all of our heads together, we can figure something out. So they have this meeting while they're brainstorming. They're reminded of a law that was written 10 years previously. And this law may just be the answer to all their prayers, as luck would have it. Isn't that, isn't that fortunate that there's already a law in operation? RICO, or Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organisations. Um, so basically, right, we'll put it in layman's terms. Um... In order to train law enforcement how to use this law effectively. Because like, okay, they've been made aware of the law, but they've never implemented it before. So they don't really know how to use it. 
um, which might sound mad, but like, you know, you're not taught every fucking law that ever existed. Do you know what I mean? Um, and let's face it, particularly not in America. Like, I mean, that has really come to the forefront, I suppose, in the last couple of months, how little fucking training law enforcement actually get over there. Um, and the issues, obviously, that it causes as well. So in order to train law enforcement on how to use this law effectively, a training course is actually set up specifically for this law. Um, so it's set up in Cornell, even when I was writing this, even when I was watching the documentary, lads, I can't hear Cornell and not think of of uh, Andy from the office, Andy Bernard Cornell. Um, so yeah, a course is set up in Cornell with Professor G. Robert Blakely. And this is the guy who wrote the law. Like, I feel like that'd be fairly insulting. He doesn't ever mention it in the documentary, but imagine... You write a law solely to help law enforcement with a particular issue. And 10 years later, it's still not been fucking used. Like, you know, you, <laughs> a lot of effort goes into writing a law. Uh, but anyway, he is the guy who was tasked with not only writing the fucking law, but also training the guys how to use it um, and wipe their arse as well. Normally messing. But look, uh, by using this law, again, I'm breaking this down very simplistically. So Jesus, if there's anyone who is well, well um, versed in, in law, please don't, don't hold me to it. But layman's terms again, they don't just have to keep going after the foot soldier. So obviously at the moment, what they're doing is they're finding the guy way down the ladder doing whatever, prostitution, racketeering. And, and he gets stung and he gets sent away to jail. By using this law, they don't just have to keep going after the foot soldier who gets um, paid to do the dirty work and, you know, keep just keeps getting caught with the mud on his hands because he's an idiot. If they can prove that he is part of an organisation that is consistently taking part in illegal activities, they can arrest on mass. Bingo. Um, so I, there's a lovely moment actually when they've explained this that um one of the agents is, is talking to screen, he's doing a piece to camera, and he says it was like a light bulb that had just gone off in their heads, and they were like, We have got these motherfuckers, like now that we know how to enforce this law. Um so the next step then is for them to stop every small time case they're currently working on. So like I said, these are all separate jurisdictions, separate, um, you know, police in separate police stations. So they have to drop everything they're working on against the mafia currently because big picture time. They've got to unify what they're doing. So they need to unify and they decide to sit down, put pen to paper, and create a plan of action. And they're not leaving this room until it's something they all agree on. And it needs to be something that unifies them all and, and will take down the entire mob. So they decide that they need to bring a RICO case against each of the five families. In order to do this, they decide to each set up a dedicated squad for each one of the families. They needed to have a structure then of how they worked their 
crime cases. So there's there's no more, you know, foot soldiers. They're, they've decided, no, we're not going for the little ones anymore. We're going straight to the top. We're going after the bosses of all five families. So the Genovese, the Luches, the Colombo, Bonanno, Gambino, Christ on a bike. Do not quote me on the pronunciations of any of them. I'm a white girl in Ireland. I'm probably saying it completely arse ways, but I'm doing my best. Um, so they're going after the big five guns, okay? But how? How, how, how is like, I mean, that's, that kind of seems simple, that bit. Determining that, okay, we're going to do this. We're going, after, going to the top, going after the, the big guys. But how? Because again, remember, the mafia take a blood oath. They will not rat on each other. Um... And, you know, any witnesses or any informants that they have, they're too afraid to talk like. So how are they going to do this? Um, and, and as well, you know, there are gruesome consequences to face for anybody who goes against the mafia. So this is where the minds start ticking and they hatch the master plan. They decided they would bug the mafia's hangouts. So they're going to bug their houses they're going to bug their businesses, uh, the clubs that they, they hang out in, the social clubs, the restaurants they own, the cars they fucking drive. Everything would be bugged. And by doing this, they wouldn't have to depend on any informants because obviously with recordings, they would have the words straight from the boss's mouths themselves. They'd be literally hanging themselves out to dry. Now, they then go on to explain that the issue with this is to bug anyone, you need a court order. And to obtain a court order, you needed to show that you had just cause. So again, you're in this vortex, you're in this circle, like it's round and round. Well, how do you bug them and show just cause if you can't bug? Them? Like, yeah, it's just, it's round and round in a circle. So, Again, they got the heads together. How are we going to show just cause? Paul Castellano is the head of the Gambino crime family. So how do they prove it? Well, they hear that one of his guys who uh, has a nickname of Quack Quack, which I just found fucking hysterical, but Quack Quack uh, has that name because he's a real blathermouth. So He's always bragging and showing off and, and talking about what he's he's up to. Um, and so it is known that he, you know, freely speaks about what he gets up to within the mafia. So what they do is they bug his phone. Now, again, love this part of the documentary. So the agent who had to pretend to be from the phone company talks us through just the fucking hoops he had to jump through to get the bug on your man's phone. So he talks about how like, you know, he's no acting experience, but he's he's got to effectively act to be a guy from the phone company. So um, the, the guy is, is having issues with his phone anyway. So they intercept the phone company. They say, look, when he looks for someone to be sent out, you don't send anyone out. We'll do that. Um, and then this guy goes in who hasn't a fucking notion about phones or service phones. And he's, making up words and making up lingo. You can just imagine, can't you? Like, you know, oh yeah, it's the the regulator, the primordial regulator in the phone is gone. Like, it's just, yeah, it's um, burns out after a while. Like, just talking out of his arse and, and sweating and praying to God your man doesn't twig 
that he's a fucking undercover FBI agent, not an employee for the phone company. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and it's funny as well, they do that whole uh, interview with him, you know, with a pair of shades on and he's sitting in a car down by the water, you know, they're trying to make him look like, you know, bring him back to his heyday when he was that, you know, undercover special agent for the FBI. So uh, that that's quite, quite nice imagery used in the documentary, but yeah, love, love how he, he recounts that story uh, or recounts that story, I should say, of, um, yeah, bugging the phone and how he just blags his way into the house and, you know, just hasn't a bull's notion and completely wings it, but successfully bugs his phone. Um, now, this guy, Quack Quack, his captain was none other than John Gotti. So just like, I don't think it matters that you're FBI. Imagine how you'd be absolutely shitting yourself, like Christ almighty, knowing who this guy answers to. Um, you know, but yeah, look, despite having this reputation as being a loudmouth, uh, Quack Quack is very clever. Uh, more often than not, they talk in code on the phones. And so the FBI find out very quickly that it's very hard to figure out exactly what is actually been said and the accents. Like you hear the recordings, the actual recordings in this documentary, lads. I hadn't a fucking notion what they were saying. I couldn't make out like fair play to them. Um, and it shows how they decipher it as well. And like there was no you know, computer programs or anything back then. That's what you have to remember as well. They literally had to sit down with, you know, the earphones on their head, a pen and a paper, play it, rewind it, play it again, keep going until they could decipher what they were saying word by word. And then, as I said, even when they do, they're talking in code. Um, There's actually, there's a part in it where uh, another agent, a female agent, she says she had never heard so many ways of saying like, I'm going to fuck you up until they bug the mafia. She was like, they have just the most, you know, <laughs> uh, unusual use of the, the English language and, and how any word can be turned to mean like, I'm going to kill you. Um, so look, finally, after six long months, Quack Quack is caught talking about a multi-million dollar heroin deal. And... Not only is he caught talking about that, it's it's with this well-known drug dealer, so they, they know it's legit. And then he goes straight to Paul Castellano's house to tell the boss, because he's the boss of the Gambino uh, crime family, he goes straight to the house to tell the boss the good news. And then, look, what happens then is, again, the, remember, there's no, there's no bugs in... Um, Castellano's house but after leaving the house he comes back he being quack quack comes back to his own house to tell his own foot soldiers what Castellano has said and of course they have quack quack's house bugged and quack quack is saying yeah the boss the don Castellano said this that about the heroin deal they have they have and um, so after cracking this open they use that same system then of wiretapping uh, on each of the five families and, and in this way they finally bring the whole organization to their knees. So look, Fear City, it is broken into three episodes. Uh, they're each around the 45 minute mark and then look, I've kind of given you 
a brief synopsis of the first episode, but we also get introduced to our narrators. And really, for me, they are the stars of the fucking show. Um, so from the locality, we've Curtis uh, Silva. You might recognize that name. Again, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, probably fucking butchering it. Sorry, Curtis. But you might recognize the name. He is the founder of the Guardian Angels. So the Guardian Angels um, also feature quite heavily in the documentary about the Central Park Five. So they were kind of like this local, um, they were often called vigilantes. But basically because the city was so overrun with crime and the mafia and all that, and there was just like, you know, constant crime on the subway, they took it upon themselves to kind of volunteer to police the subway. So that you might have might have heard of them before. He really is like, he's one of the stars of the show with this documentary. He's such a character, um, you know, American-Italian. He's, you know, got that bada-bing, bada-boom. And he's there sitting in a barber chair, you know, narrating the story. And, and it's so funny. The barber repeats everything he says. It's just, yeah, I'm not doing it justice. Watch it. Um, so you've got him, like, from the locality telling you how people on, on the street from the area felt. You then, from the uh, FBI, have uh, Linda Vecchio and, and Jim Costler. And then from the mob, you've got Johnny Elite and Michael uh, Francesi. So, again, these are mobsters and you shouldn't like them, but you really end up do liking them throughout the course of the documentary and they're very good at painting the picture of the kind of lifestyle that they led and look that's not new information I know like you know again if you've seen Goodfellas or The Godfather you know the lifestyle but it's still fascinating to hear it from the horse's mouth I think anyway um so all the storytellers um and like I said mobsters included they're massively massively likable and you know talk us through this game of cat and mouse that they played with each other uh, over the years as the FBI tried to bring the boys to justice. And, you know, they talk about uh, incidences, you know, they'll first of all interview the mobsters and they'll be talking about this incident and then they'll go back to the FBI and they'll be telling it from their point of view. And you actually get a sense that they kind of, you know, in an alternative reality or universe, they could have been friends. Like they probably, as much as they hated each other, they admired each other and kind of liked each other as well. Um, But... You know, it's yeah, it's very interesting that the narration and like I said, the fact that they are massively likable as well, that that really works within the documentary. Um, we're also shown the incredible wealth and power that the mafia had, like the men speak about it really wistfully as well, because obviously they're they're well, allegedly anyway, they're, they're not in that lifestyle anymore. But um, you can also see really clearly just how badly equipped the FBI and like the Justice Department and the powers that be were um, back in that time. Like, you know, because aside from the fact that obviously the mafia were very organized, they fucking owned everything. Like they had their fingers in so many pies. They ran the unions. They ran the fucking cement business they ran restaurants they ran hospitals and then like there's a scene with Rudy Giuliani and as he says there were judges that the mafia put on the bench like that was how powerful these guys were so how do you prosecute someone when they're fucking paying off judges you know um speaking of which the second episode out of the three is really really Giuliani's time to shine now I am 
of course, aware of Rudy Giuliani's more recent um, political past. But again, look for our Irish, our English and our EU listeners who may not know. Uh, Giuliani was mayor of New York from 1994 to 2001. Um, and I knew that much. But what I didn't know was that he had started out as an attorney for New York, uh, South New York to be precise, and and that he had led the prosecution of the New York City Mafia bosses. I did not know that. Um, so it's fascinating to hear him recount, you know, the building of that case against them, the subsequent prosecution, um, but as well, you know, <clears throat> just being completely transparent, it's also very obvious that he is a man who, you know, enjoys the headlines and the showmanship that came with such a task as well, you know, um, and he's he's massively entertaining to watch and to listen to. And as he talks you through that, that the whole goings on back in the day. Um, and then finally, in episode three, we're shown how the FBI pieces together the final parts of the puzzle to decipher what exactly the very mysterious and elusive commission was. Now, so again, something I'd never heard of, but for decades, law enforcement and the FBI had heard tell of, heard tell, I think that is the most fucking Irish thing I've ever said on this podcast ever in two years, heard tell. Um, but yeah, they had heard of this commission um, and how they had heard of that was by, you know, people that they had caught, um, people had let slip information or informants that they had. So they had heard of this elusive, mysterious commission, but never knew what it was. Nobody would ever rat them out or tell them what it was, uh, tell them what it is. Um, and it was a term that while the agents had heard it for years from like these informants, they've never gotten to the bottom of exactly what it was. I'm not going to tell you what it is either. You'll have to watch it and find out. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that reveal for you. But that's really interesting as well. Um, so look, guys, I don't think this will come as any shock to you. I loved this. I loved this documentary. And I had actually read reviews beforehand. And that's probably why I'm a little bit late off the bat because it is out about a week now. And I'm only reviewing it. But like a lot of the reviews I had read weren't great. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just really easy to please. I don't know. But I thought this was fucking great. And like in fairness on IMDb, it has a rating of 7.3. And as I've said millions of times, like anything 7 plus for a documentary is really solid. Above 8 is fucking stellar because they're always marked really hard. So 7.3 is really solid. Um, And look, it's just transforms you into a world that I guess doesn't really exist anymore you know something you'd be quite wistful for it's that land before and it's something I suppose that couldn't exist now you know uh, but it's it, it just all of the conditions came together and were right and ripe for the mafia back in the 70s and 80s and I love that time period anyway so for me yeah big thumbs up uh, definitely 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 recommend this uh, as I've already said the narrators are the real stars of the show you can stick Giuliani in there as well um, and that and I would say the recordings of the tapes from the mobster's house I just found that absolutely fascinating to actually listen to the way they speak um, yeah fascinating so look in terms of saying something negative, for the sake of saying something negative, and I guess I do understand where the reviews are coming from, this documentary does not offer anything we didn't already know. 
we know from movies and from previous documentaries, you know, the life and that. Um, but I thought it was great, personally anyway, to have both the former mobsters and the former FBI agents as willing participants in the documentary. And I found that very fascinating. So look, I would definitely recommend that you watch this. Like I said, it's uh, three episodes, about 45 minutes long each. You could easily binge it in a night. Um, but yeah, Fear City, Netflix, highly recommend. Uh, definitely go out and watch it. So guys, we have come to the end of another episode of What's Up Doc podcast. Um, and look, as I said at the head of the show, guys, we're, we're after setting up a new Patreon account. So if you would like to show your support, show us some love, click on there. There's different tiers um, that you can sponsor us at. And look, every, every penny counts. Um, and as always, look, we would love if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is how we rank. That is how we chart. And we appreciate all your help thus far. So guys, as always, I have been your host, Gemma Delaney. We will see you next week. Good night. God bless. Good luck, guys. Take it easy. Bye.